Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. Welcome to Fight Night Live on Talk Sport, your home for boxing. And tonight... A little bit of added extra. We are uh, your home uh, for the world of mixed martial arts because we're coming to you live from the O2 Arena. UFC London is in town. Uh, we're not going to bring you live commentary. We're still going to talk a lot about boxing, but we're hopefully going to speak to some of the main protagonists uh, connected to the world of UFC. Michael Bispin in town. Uh, Darren Till in town. He's a man that I want to introduce you to because we genuinely believe all those boys around the table today uh, that he could be Britain's next world champion. Alongside me, as ever, Gareth A. Davis, fresh uh, from a stateside trip, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, and from the Fight Disciples podcast, uh, Mr. PT Editor is here, a man that uh, knows uh, a little bit too much uh, about the world of mixed martial arts, seems that you used to be the editor of one of the largest magazines uh, in Europe until you decided to pack it in and come work with me, didn't you? You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to talk UFC, obviously, because we're at the UFC event, but I just want to start uh, tonight's show, as we always do, with a little bit of boxing and, men, and the main boxing news. And it's good that you're here, Gareth. Uh, because last time we spoke, mate, one, you sounded like you had pneumonia, <laughs> and two, uh, you were ringside, obviously, at Scott Quigg, Oscar Valdez last week, which was live and exclusive on TalkSport. Fantastic commentary between yourself, uh, Don McGuinness, and I noticed that you got one of your mates, Ray Beltran, to come and hang out with you as well. You see, I knew, th- I knew there'd be something in getting you on this show, mate. You're just so connected. You're like the Jim White of boxing you. You've got an <laughs> unbelievable contact book. Raymondo, come here, my friend, and it come and join us. It, 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 thanks, Adam. Yeah, great to be back in the in the in our ad hoc studio here in the media room at uh, another UFC event. Uh, another one like Nick. Another one of my loves. The UFC. Been involved with it for a long time with the Ultimate Fighting Championship, which has mushroomed around the world in the last 25 years. Um, it was freezing cold there, raining, of yeah, course. We, we did down, it under yeah. ponchos. Um, Raimondo Beltran was super bueno. I beg your pardon. It's another Two language. Them, please. The, the reason I do that is because... Is that is the brand of tequila you're drinking these days? Si, <laughs> 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 patron. Um, the, the, the thing is, I managed to get Raimondo from the other side of the, uh, of the ring about five minutes before the broadcast. He'd agreed to do it. And, you know, um, he's well known to British fans because, of course, he broke Ricky Burns' jaw here yeah, years yeah. ago. Had a draw with Ricky Burns, which he really won, to mm. be fair. Shh, um, and, <laughs> and he was great on the night, and it was his commentary debut, believe it or not. Wow. So um, You I'm broke him in gently. We broke him in very gently. Yeah, but, you know, the thing was, we were watching a fantastic fight in front of mm. us that night. I mean, Oscar Valdez 
had 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 all the tools, the speed, the youth, the armory, and obviously the the the, the juggernaut of top rank behind him. He's one of their rising stars. But Scott Quigg put on a p- fantastic performance, having not made the weight and without the title on the line mm. for him. I think he laid it all on the line. And as we spoke about in the week a little bit, his stock really rose on the night because he went out on his shield mm. in that fight. In the in the preamble last week, uh, me and Nick were talking to you down the line from ringside, and. Looking back at it now, obviously with hindsight, we, we might have been just slightly a, a little bit harsh because for those that don't know that didn't follow boxing last week, uh, Scott Quigg missed weight and we're very critical of people like that because obviously it's a professional sport, you sign a contract, you've got to hit a certain weight and he didn't miss weight. Now obviously in the aftermath of that we know that he was injured and therefore he couldn't do road work and therefore accidents happen and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a tick as a one-off, it's an asterisk against his name. However, the performance that we saw on Saturday night against Oscar Valdez, two things came out of it for me. One, Scott Quick saved his career with that performance uh, because he was getting absolute pelters on all social medias back here in the UK regarding, obviously, failing weight and then refusing to weigh in on the Saturday morning. Uh, but I think he saved his performance, uh, career with that performance. And not only that, the British fight fans got to see a real talent in Oscar Valdez in this division because in this division over here in the UK... The fans that aren't necessarily hardcore would only really speak about Frampton and Selby and Warrington, and they think that that's the only ones that exist. There's a kid out there, man, and he is rapido. Well, well he, he'd that was me doing a bit of your Spanish. Yeah, that, by rapido, sí, <laughs> hombre. Um, look, the, the thing is, if you look at his record, he'd, he'd, he'd won the world title, a WBO title, four or five fights ago against Yevgeny Gradovich, who Lee Selby yeah. took the IBF title from two and a half, three years ago. Mm. And he'd gone, I think, five fights... His opponents, there were two unbeaten fighters he beat there mm. uh, in defence of the title. And I think it was 145-odd wins and three losses between them. He has been fighting top-level either opposition or top-level prospects. They, they're not holding back with Oscar Valdez. None of them made him work like Scott Quigg, though, they last re- week. That, no, but they really fancy the Frampton fight. Manny Robles' trainer was telling me afterwards. That's the fight they really fancy. He's desperate to come over here and have a fight next. And I hope that that propels... Mm. Him over here. The one other thing I would add, Nick, I don't know whether you've got a, a view on this as well, um, that the one thing in Scott's favour in that fight in the end was that he gambled on being the heavier boxer on the night. We didn't talk yeah. about it that much on the night. He was seven, eight pounds, almost two weight divisions above Oscar yeah. Valdez on the night. Yeah. So he went for, um, you know, bust or glory. He was yeah, looking... Yeah to try and dent and hurt and stop Oscar Valdez. Well, he Valdez. did. He broke his jaw, didn't he? He broke his jaw. Yes, he did break his jaw. He was looking for power shots all the time and looking to break him. And I think, even though Scott came out with great credit, I think Valdez, yeah. once his jaw's right, came out with even greater credit. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you, both of you just pointed it out then. It's the fact that Valdez and his people, they're, they're taking the likes of Scott Quigg for a voluntary defence, you know, they're, they're choosing to fight against tough guys. For me, though, coming out of it, Gareth, you know, I, I watched the fight. It was incredible performance by both guys. Both stock was risen. Mm. But I've got to be brutally honest. I think if Scott Quigg would have won that fight, there would have been hell to pay. Yeah. Because he of did turn up heavy because yeah. he did break the champion's jaw. Yeah. There'd been a lot of questions asked about Oscar Valdez and their choice of Scott Quigg mm. and allowing the fight to go. If Scott Quigg had won, it could have destroyed not listen, only listen, Valdez, but Quigg's wrong. career. In the ring afterwards, Adam, there was an altercation between the corners to begin with. Yeah. And Manny Robles went at Eddie Hearn, who was in the ring. In fact, he apologised in the media room afterwards. He said he was very emotional afterwards. He even said in front of us at the press conference, Manny Robles, as uh, Oscar Valdez went off, even though he'd had his teeth yeah. in different 
different positions, smiling, by the way, on the way to hospital, um, that he wished he hadn't taken the fight. Yeah. Because he wished he had, well, that's the lad we had, were had saying. his jaw broken. We were saying that yeah. on the show last week, weren't we, that he was well within his rights to walk away with it. Nick, in the week, me and you spoke about what next for Oscar Valdez, because, again, we want to see him against British fighters because we've got a lot of talent in this weight uh, category. Yeah. We didn't necessarily go with Frampton, even though it would be a wonderful, wonderful knock. I genuinely believe that Selby's the only one really with the skills that can trouble this kid. Yes, but he'll be all, you know, I think Selby now is being set up to fight, obviously, the fight with Warrington. I think the winner of that will fight Frampton. That's mm. why Frank Warren signed all these guys. I think, for me, the big fight that we didn't talk about last week was Gary Russell Jr. Yeah. That's an amazing fight now with Valdez. And then, of course, you've got Leo Santa Cruz. You've got Mara, you know, the other side of the flip coin there as well. There's so many big fights mm. in that division. It's potentially the hottest division of all of boxing. Absolutely right. I mean, we, we, we were waxing lyrical a few weeks ago in the studio, weren't we, Adam, mm. about the WBSS uh, cruiserweights yeah. and the super middles. That Frank Warren's doing his own. division would be <laughs> extraordinary, as would the welterweight division. Mm. But I was with Gary Russell Jr. at the Deontay Wilder fight in New York the week before he is desperate to come over and fight the likes of Lee Selby yeah. Carl Frampton and those guys as well it's really set up and I think uh, like other weight divisions where we've managed to draw Americans over here let's get some of those guys over here yeah. Eddie Hearn's got a developing relationship with with Bob Aaron we mm. know that that um, Frank Warren has a great relationship with with uh, top rank and, and, and Bob Aram. Let's get these guys over here because they will experience these massive mm. stadium fights because these fights are big enough for that. Of course. Another guy that I want to see over here who was fighting last weekend was Mikey Garcia. He was absolutely sensational. Now, for those that don't know, Mikey's currently holding uh, a championship belt in two weight categories. He's a WBC lightweight champion. He's the IBF uh, super lightweight champion. Uh, he's got a bit of a decision to make which one he gives up, where he goes next. There's talk of him maybe even fighting at 147 <laughs> pounds, which is absolutely ludicrous. He's it's not when you see the size of his neck and his head oh. up live. I tell well, you, he's a big man, That will be man, what? Adam. Gareth's fifth weight division if he no, moves but, up to welterweight? You know, look, wow. look I, 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 the one... Th- you know, we, we study physiques all the time. Mm. And I remember sitting in the MGM Grand with Mikey when he made his comeback after his um, a contractual dispute with yeah. Bob Arum. And injuries. And injuries, and injuries well, which yeah. set, set him out for a year and a half. And he came back that night against, um, I can't remember the opponent that now. teaching him, wasn't it? teaching him. And he it was. sparked but him. He sparked him out. Sitting with Mikey that night, he looked in such brilliant shape. Yeah. He kept himself in shape. He's got such a thick neck and a powerful torso and, and, and very muscular thighs and a big, I tell you what, rather like Manny Pacquiao went up the weights, mm. yeah. he's got the physique to be able to take him up. The right opponent at 140 yeah. would be perfect for him. Well, you know? here's, a, here's a little thing for you both then, right? I'm going to chuck this in there, right? Because he's currently, like I said, WBC champion at lightweight, which is 135 pounds for those that don't know. And there was talk of him maybe going down and fighting uh, Jorge Linares. We'll get on to that later on because Jorge Linares has got a fantastic knockabout uh, with uh, one of Nick's favourite fighters. Knockabout? A knockabout. Wow. That's, that's what we call it. That's what we call it up north, mate. A little bit of a knockabout. Uh, and he's also the IBF champion at uh, Super Lightweight. Now, that's £140. Now, I'm going to predict something here, right? I'm going to predict something. He's going to stay at £140. Yeah. In a couple of weeks' time, Terry Flanagan's going to beat Maurice Hooker. And he's going to become the WBO champion. Ooh. And then Big Frank, Frank Warren this is, he's going to put his hand in his pocket and he's going to go, Mikey, we need a big fight for Terry Flanagan. Do you fancy a little bit of a knockabout at the York Hall or the Manchester Arena or something well, it like that? It certainly won't be the York Hall, no, let's put no, it that way, not no. for Mikey Garcia. Or the O2 Arena where we are this right is, now. This is the beauty of Mikey Garcia though. Not only is potentially, you know, one, definitely top three pound for yeah. pound on the planet right now, 
is also the best, biggest free agent on the planet right yeah. now, yeah, Gareth. Yeah, He's I, not attached to any one promoter. He can mm. kind of go where he likes. Mm. I mean, I, I wow, it's a, it's a big call for you saying him number three pound for pound on the planet. But you know what? He's, he's in a my four-way top world five. champion, isn't he? No, he's in my top five. There's no question about it. Mm. I, I always expect him to beat Lipinets. I yeah. think his stock will rise with a victory over the likes of Jorge Linares, but I think Lomachenko will beat Linares first. Do you know what I don't want to see Lomachenko against Mikey Garcia, by the way. Why? Why? Uh-huh. Why not? Oh my God! Lomachenko is the tell best you, tell talent you what the on the planet. Is there? Go on. It's like Floyd Mayweather against Kennedy Golovkin. I'd okay. like to see that. Can we make that? <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, that would have been a great fight. I still think Floyd Mayweather won the fight. But there's a there's a there's a limit for Lomachenko. There's He's not. not a huge. I'm man. not having this. No chance. He was there ringside applauding yes, heavily Quig and Valdez yeah, the other yeah. night. By yeah. the way, um, or the, Lomachenko is arguably again in the top three, four, five. He's the number one. one. He's the number one. <laughs> Lomachenko's the number one. No, I'm giving Gennady Golovkin He's the best natural one. talent okay. on the sports scene. And once he comes back, Andre Ward will be back at number one. Mm. Until my mate Tony Bellew blows <laughs> his left hook <laughs> on his <laughs> chin. Listen, you, you call, it's a dust up up north. It's, it's, a, it's a straight line Liverpool. <laughs> and I tell you what, Andre it. Ward will straighten Tony Bellew. <laughs> and I'm friends with Tony and he'll probably cane me for that. But I don't think he beats Andre Ward. What a fight that would be, though. Oh, it's what amazing. a it's fight. A, listen, I don't mind if David Hay gets injured. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we nearly got to see it in the Creed film, didn't we? The Andre Ward, Tony Bellew That's knockabout, right, yeah, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Please stick with us. We are at uh, the O2 tonight for UFC London, and we're going to be speaking to a couple of the guys connected to the UFC. Um, If you think I'm getting very local with some of my language that I've been using on the show so far, wait till Darren Till rocks up and starts speaking to my uh, Scouse compatriot, uh, Nick Peake. (laughs) We'll need subtitles, Gareth. He also speaks Portuguese fluently. Well, well, I'm knackered then. You you can speak to him in Portuguese. You can speak to him in Scouse. I'm knackered here, mate. I'm going to need some some subtitles for the show. Anyway, stick around. There's lots still to come, including as well, Don McGinn is catching up with Eddie Hearn. He spent an hour at the Matchroom HQ, and you're going to hear a little bit of that uh, throughout the course of the show. You're listening to Talk Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. This is your home for boxing, but for tonight, we are your home for UFC. We are at the O2 Arena for uh, UFC London. Uh, and it's only fair that we have a little bit of uh, a delve into some of the superstars that have graced this sport over the years. I'm looking into the eyes of one of the greatest, my friend. I've seen this guy knock geezers out with one punch. Do you see what I did there? Do you see what I did? <laughs> we bring the nickname involved. Brad Pickett, welcome to the show. How are you, man? Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here because normally on this show, we, we cover quite a lot of boxing and we wax lyrical about boxing because traditionally here in the UK, we've got a lot of boxing fans. Um, and over the last five even 10 years, we've started to see the rise of mixed martial arts. And obviously that's through the brand of UFC and people are starting to pay attention to various superstars that are coming out of the UK. You obviously being uh, one of those. From the time that you started this mad world, my friend, how has this game changed? Uh, it's hard to even like, comprehend how much it has actually changed. For me, it's like, it, it's like they've always gone about being the fastest growing sport. I knew, for me... I always thought this was going to be the number one combat sport in my eyes. I didn't realise it would be within my lifetime. I didn't realise it would be within relatively my career. But for me, it is, in my eyes, the number one combat sport it is. It's just the new age of... Everything evolves, you know, and this sport has evolved dramatically. 
when it first started, it was styles versus style. Now you see complete martial artists versus martial artists, and you no, know, so it, it, it's it's fun to be in part, a big part of it, and uh, yeah, and I'm I'm happy with it where it is, and I can see it being growing even more and, and keep going, you know. And the development of fan bases as well, because. Back in the day when you started, no disrespect, I'm not dating you here and, uh, and saying that you're no man. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that back in the day, not a lot of people knew about this. I mean, Gareth, I mean, when you started writing about this, man, you had to fight tooth and nail to get those column inches to convince your bosses to say, listen, man, let me write about this stuff. Well, I did, but the, Brad, Brad Pickett, Dan Hardy, Michael Bisping, mm. these were the names that stood out. They had fan bases. They had individual identities. They were all killers in their own way. Brad, I mean... It's always been a pleasure to write about Brad. He's got one of the most interesting backstories. And the way I tried to bring these guys forward was to humanise them as much yeah. as possible in the media. Sure personality. I mean, Br- Brad's yeah. parents had this incredible bespoke shoe shop where they made shoes for Elton John, for, 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 the, for the Who, for, for the Doors. And he was mixing with all these superstars growing up. No wonder you've got, to, wicked, tra- to, you got wicked trainers on tonight, man. <laughs> that's, that's what it is, isn't it? He went to boarding school in the Himalayas. <laughs> and Brad had a fascinating story. This was a guy that could have played pro football. He was a brilliant boxer. You mentioned boxing. Yeah. And the thing is about Brad, you, you had this unique brand, but you had to fight almost in small hall shows to get recognized eventually, didn't you? World Extreme Cage Fighting Championship, then the UFC eventually. And if you'd been coming through now, wow, you'd have been enormous. Yep. It, it, it says like a lot of things. As in like, there's always an era. As in like, hmm. you look at someone like Gary Lineker, who's a fantastic footballer. He didn't get the recognition he would do if he was a fantastic footballer he is yeah. now. So there's always a time. Mm. And obviously, football was a massive sport back in the day. It's, get, it's getting bigger. I think every sport grows because the population of the world keeps growing. Mm. So, so population around everywhere. I think also with the combat sport uh, we have now, and going back and saying how well it's grown, mm. uh, I give that credit to the UFC that promote the shows so well. You see there right now, even tonight, the shows fall from the start to the end. Mm. It's not like boxing yeah. where they only promote really the main event so people just come in towards the main event from the bars go, ah, at the end ah, of the night yeah. 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 Where, where the UFC have promoted the card from the bottom to top so mm. it's so good at creating multiple stars and, it, and I, I also I think with our sport more than any other sport out there fighters are more accessible you know yeah. look at a football pitch you know you can't <laughs> a football team right yeah something like Ronaldo if I wanted to go play football I can't walk onto a pitch for Ronaldo mm. A lot of people can walk into the same gym as yeah. a top UFC athlete and share the same match. And days like this. Yeah. I mean, look at us. We're sat in a media room here and the fighters are coming in left, right and centre having interviews. You're obviously sat with us, just sat here in the middle of a, a coffee room, just having a little bit of a chat for our show tonight. Nick, similar to you, obviously, uh, being the former editor of Fighters Only magazine and obviously covering uh, Brad's uh, career. It's all right him, and he's very modest with what he's saying, that the UFC have obviously yep. promoted and what have you. But for us in the UK, especially, to fall in love with mixed martial arts and the UFC and, and that scene, you need trailblazers, don't you? Of you course. need talent. You need to because you, you want to fall in love with someone to follow their their story, even if they are fighting in America. Exactly, absolute pioneers. And I think it's you know, Brad was 
of a different age. He was of an age when the sport was very much in its embryonic stages, but he was going over to America. He was beating the best guys in the world. You know, this is a guy that was beating Demetrius Johnson before everyone knew Demetrius Johnson was. Who is you know? the world number was, one pound-for-pound pound mixed martial artist right now, for those listening who well, don't know. This guy beat him. Yeah, exactly. So, And he was doing that overseas, but mm. in doing stuff like that, it gives the next generation the inspiration to go, you know what? I can become an MMA fighter. Yeah. I can now fight overseas. There's a career there for me. Mm. And this was the early days. Now, now the sport's completely different. Now people are thinking, mm. I can headline in London. I can come here. Look at Darren Till. He's mm. dragged the UFC, kicking and screaming, to my hometown. Mm. But for the first time, we're going to get a UFC, and Darren Till's going to be the main event. But the other great thing, you know, Brad's retired recently. It was a very emotional night here when you did it retire was, a year it ago, was. wasn't it? And, the, you know, the... The, the, the support network from the UFC for people like Brad. Brad's got his own promotional group now, and his his events are going out on UFC Fight Pass. Um, yeah. So the, the, the generational movement, the support you get from them, because they want you to be a feeder industry for them in the future, is really important. And these are the things we mustn't forget as well. I mean, it's brilliant that they do that, isn't it? it, it it's great. Obviously, I, I've had a long career in the sport, and my passion for the sport won't cease. As in, like, I, I do... I feel like I owe it not just to myself and to the sport to pull back in, you know, like mm. and help the next generation, nurture them. I, I coach a lot, uh, really talented guys. And I, you are I a brilliant it. coach, by yeah. the way. I'm Hang on a minute, he's an aggressive coach. I've no, seen no, him smacking yeah. his, yeah. smack yeah. his fighters before they go this in. Guy, this <laughs> guy, I'm telling you now, this guy here, because I worked with him on BT Sport where he was doing demonstrations with us a couple of years back. And Brad's ability to explain and break down a fight and yeah. teach people to do things is off the charts. This guy will produce world champions Thank for this you. country. Already has. Already have. I've got Already one who's defending his belt next week. is yeah, Nathaniel yeah. Wood. Yeah, no, who's me, sensational. Let's be honest. Yeah, he is yeah. a good one, isn't he? Nathaniel. He is. And I'm, I'll be honest, I'm surprised he wasn't here tonight, you know, making mm. his debut, you know. But he's got business to do next weekend. He'll do that in fashion, I believe. And then... Uh, I'll make sure he's on the Liverpool card. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's my goal. But also, we have a lot of even other talent. Uh, Dominic Wooden was a great talent from my gym. He was mm-hmm. looking really, I mean, really good. Chris Meyer, we have so many good guys at my gym. Uh, and, and, and you're also, del- listen, we're not going to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll promote the podcast, mate. You're delving into the media. You're taking yeah. over our jobs. You know what I mean? You're taking <laughs> over the world. I've got, I, right, got a face for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think we're doing <laughs> this? <laughs> I mean, Gareth just alluded to the fact there, obviously, it was an emotional night when you did decide mm-hmm. to uh, call time uh, on your career. As you walk back in, to the O2 tonight. Do you just get a little bit of itchy knuckles, mate? Do you think she's saying, oh, I wish I were wrapping I, up. I, be Look honest, at those knuckles. I'll be honest. <laughs> it's like, tonight, I'll be honest, has been the closest time I'm like, F it, F it, get me back in there. And, you know, yeah. like, I really do. I mean, like, no, that can, I, for me, when I look at competition as well, I look at competition, I see people fighting, I'm like, what are you doing? You, got, you can't do that. You got, I'm, so I'm coaching people in my head thinking that. So I'm thinking, what are you doing? And I'm, and I realise my mind's one thing and my, my body's one, uh, is a different thing. Yeah. So I would like to do what I think I could do, yeah. but my body can't keep up. So that's why I'm still, I think, it's probably best for me to stay away, you know. Because for me, yeah, again, the reason I, I got a good fan base is because my, my style, I was just aggressive. And I came forward and I, I eat two to land one. And I didn't care. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I used to call them knuckle biscuits because I, <laughs> I used to eat them. You know, I, I, I didn't care. They're me tea. Boom, in, in, there we go. In a real primal way, I was like a, uh, was like a tough man guy. I was like, yeah. oh, you, you hit me your hardest punch and I'm going to laugh at you and I'm going to come back. And that, obviously, with that sort of style. Fans it, love that. Yeah. Fans love that. But then when you get towards the end of the at the end of your career, I started to feel like, whoa, these punches 
I'm starting to hurt a little yeah, bit more now. I'm yeah. feeling a bit wobbly on my feet. And yeah. it gets to the stage where when you do that, it took my style away where now I have to be a little bit more cautious. It's like, yeah. okay, I am vulnerable now. Where before, I, I just had that mindset where I didn't give, didn't give two grabs and I came forward and threw bombs. Now I'm thinking, what? I've got to be a bit careful here. If I get hit, I may go down. Mm. So it, it did change my whole mindset and it, it, it took the fun out of fighting for me as well. It's called old school. Th- th- no, the thing with that, that was well, I'm interested to know. Do you think that was purely down to your... You, your age and your length of time in a sport, or do you think it was the evolution of the sport slightly? You know, that there's a less route, you know, the sport evolved a little bit more now that being an aggressive standard and banger is kind of, you know, not as, not as beneficial as it once was. Hence, you know, nobody fights like Vanderlei Silver anymore. Yeah, I, I, see what you, I see what you're saying, but for me, no. Reason I say, reason I say that, because I used to get hit when I started. And I remember they didn't. I didn't feel them. Not as if someone couldn't throw a punch. Yeah. I was just eating them. Like I didn't care. Yeah. And towards the end of my career, I was getting great, even sparring in the gym. I was getting hit and getting dazed a little bit in sparring. With, with you know, I was thinking, what's going on? So yeah, I, I just think there always is a shelf life, and I, I think I just reached the end of my shelf life, especially for my my style. Exactly, Brad. Yeah. Because no, because I remember the last few fights you had talking to you about this, the frustration of people like Ian McCall dancing mm. away from yeah. you the whole fight, yeah. chasing a fight over 15 minutes with guys who they know what you wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. You, but we knew, you wanted a fan, please. Mm. I remember so many times you said to me, you know, all the interviews you did with The Telegraph all those years where you said, I don't mind being knocked out. I want to deliver for the fans. Mm. That is what I want. Mm. I, I will go out on my shield every time I fight. That's why he and was in the US for such a long other period of time. Dancing away from you mm. was what you couldn't handle mm. anymore. Yeah, I mean that's when I went down. I went down a weight class to try and get a, a fight with Demetrius Johnson again, and I found with that weight class, even though making the weight was tough for me, it was. Yeah, it's the stars of fights, isn't like yeah. even to this day. I said now, if you put me and any of those guys in that weight class in a room and give one of us a key, I'll, I'll come out. No time limits. No time limits. Yeah, we know that. We'll fight. We'll fight. Maybe, maybe that's there, the thing you that you could promote now, man. Yeah. Maybe we'll that's fight, your next thing. If we fight over pig, I'll be in a ham sandwich. <laughs> I just ran it. Fifteen minutes. I just, I just couldn't catch him, man. Mm. And, yeah. and they just knew how to unpoise me. And I could be standing. There, Come on, what are you doing, standing bang? But obviously, it's sensible for them, you know. Mm. That's the way to beat me. And that was like kind of like a blueprint. So then I went back up at weight class, and and then I thought ran, ran into people like Thomas Amade and stuff like that, and yeah. it got to the stage where. Uh, I've never been knocked out before in all my fights, and then I got dropped. But I've been dropped in fights, don't get me wrong, but then I got knocked out by Thomas Almeida. And even to this day, I'm like, it was bad. Mm. But I, even to this day, I'm like, I was fine. You knocked yeah. him down first. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. It was actually, I was winning the fight. You were. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I got dropped, and I, even to this day, I've, I, I've got up from worse from that. But because it went down on my record as a, t- uh, a KO, it just changed my mindset. It's like now, now I'm vulnerable, and every it's just weird. Every yeah. fight after that fight, mm. I got dropped at some point. Even if I won fights, yeah. I won fights, but I still got dropped. Even like no disrespect to Ryan Faber, I don't think he hits hard, but he dropped me. And I'm like, what is going on? That's what. That's where I'm thinking to myself. Okay, cool. Mm. And even seeing my last one, my retirement fight, I was winning the whole fight. And I'll be honest with you, I was being quite cautious for myself. For you, yeah. For me, very cautious. <laughs> but everyone else thought I was going mental, but I wasn't. I was, <laughs> it was cautious for me. Uh, winning the whole fight, because I was just thinking, I just want to make sure I win. Yeah. And then the last minute of the last round, he threw a high kick, End hit off. me. And it was one of those ones where I'd have had it like a, you know, like a biscuit before. He dropped me. And like even to this day, even then, I, I thought I'd recovered fast enough, but Grant, went, Grant stepped in and stopped it. I thought I was fine, but, you know... 
yeah, you know, old news is old news yeah. now, I guess. Listen, man, you had a wicked, wicked career. When um, We're going to be speaking to some of the, the, the new guard a little bit later on in the show. Out of that new guard, I know that we've just been waxing lyrical about Nathaniel, who's not yet in the UFC, but yeah. hopefully will be uh, sometime soon. Out the guys that are already in the UFC, mm. who are you excited about? The English talent that's currently in the UFC, where's the world title coming well, from? 100% down till he's, like, he's, he, he, he's just... I've known him for many uh, for many years. He, he's one of those guys who's done the right thing. He, he went out to uh, uh, Brazil early days, uh, and, and he just he moved there. You know, yep. so he, he immersed himself within the sport to, to develop. Uh, he's come back, and, he, and now he's an absolute he's an absolute beast. And he's just not just being on realism. It's not just about skill; it's about confidence. Yep. When you have the confidence and the provider, there's an X factor there with yeah, him, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean. So like, you gotta have that. You got that self belief. You look at someone like Conor McGregor; he had the the best self belief ever. He, don't get me wrong; he's, he's a very technical fighter, but yep. you gotta have that belief. Fake you know? it till you make it, Brad, isn't yeah, it? That's like a champion to become a champion. I do that. I just can't fight. <laughs> listen, mate. Absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time. You listen to Fight Night. We are uh, we are live. At uh, the O2 in London for UFC London, Brad Pickett Weirs. Hopefully, we will speak to uh, Darren Till at some point. Uh, we're also going to be uh, catching up with Eddie Hearn, seeing as that we talk boxing as well on this show on a week by week basis. Don McGuinness has been at uh, Matchroom HQ. You're listening to Talk Sport. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. You're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport, your home for boxing tonight. We're at uh, the home of the UFC, or 2 in London. Uh, hopefully we'll be speaking to uh, Darren Till a little bit later on in the show, so make sure you stick around for that. However, right now, uh, my uh, commentator on Fight Night is Don McGuinness, and he's been having a little bit of a chinwag with Eddie Hearn at Matchroom HQ. If you want to know what goes on behind the scenes there... Take a listen to this. Talk Sport Fight Night Special. A day in the life of boxing promoter Eddie Hearn on Talk Sport. Thanks uh, for letting us have the run of uh, the Matchroom HQ for, no for the day. Give us a kind of insight into the typical day here at this fantastic mansion out in the Essex countryside. Mm. And it, what, what is a typical day? No, there is one. No, there isn't one. There really isn't one. Um, a general day, to be honest with you, a day in the office is like heaven for me. Because... I'm everywhere. I'm essentially, as my mum always calls my dad, and I'm exactly the same, a travelling salesman. So you put me in a car or you put me on a plane and I rock up and I'm just selling all day. So to get the opportunity to come in the office, I might take my kids to school, might have a run in the morning, a nice bit of lunch here in the afternoon. It's like, it's like a holiday for me to just come in the office and just clear the desk. You know, sit down with the guys that are in here and just talk through what we're doing, plan the next week, two weeks. Obviously a massive run for us coming up now. And we're quite refreshed at the moment because you know, we had most of December off in terms of fights. December, uh, January off, we had one show in February and one at the end. So we're good to go, we're ready for sort of six, seven, eight weeks of, of pure action. So just to set the scene here then, we've had a tour of the place. It is a, a beautiful former family home, mm, the former mm. Hearn family home, set in the countryside. I mean, you've got great views across a, a vast countryside, mm. a beautiful landscape, and, and every room is business now. Mm. You, the, we're in your office now, which is quite palatial, actually, yeah. where the, the, the rest of the team are working. It's busy. It's Again, it's the old snooker room, mm. the old Hearn snooker room. But you've got all the different departments of matchroom in this building yeah. as well. Every room filled now with matchroom activity. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, again, this was... Uh a house that my dad bought about 30 years ago, a little bit longer. And he was, you know, from a council house in Dagnum. 
did well and this was his first sort of major purchase and I grew up here so obviously we feel great here it's, it's been very good to us I think he paid 200 grand for it at the time which you know mm-hmm. looks like a good investment now but more than that more than a month this is been very lucky for us been a very lucky place and uh, we're big believers in, in that and, and luck so we wanted to stay here and actually when they left um, they moved further out into the countryside Brentwood used to be quite a uh, sort of a village really and now it's just gone mad and it's almost like Romford where we used to be many years ago so they moved further out into the countryside my mum and dad and I stayed here on my own because they thought it would sell in two or three months and I'd be kicked out and I'd have to go and live on my own but I had probably about two years here on my own and it was quite nice but there was nothing in any room there was one sofa a TV and my bedroom so um, I was rattling around in here and then eventually as we looked to move offices from Romford this seemed like a natural place to bring the office and we're big on we want to create a great working environment for the people here and the people that work at Matrim. You've got to enjoy going to work. For us and my dad, this is you know, our life. There's two things that matter. That's our family and that's our business. And the two are intertwined. So, of course, we can be motivated because it's our company. But the people who are helping us along the way and are a huge part of our business, you've got to motivate them because they can't have that same motivation that you have. So... You've got to give them the responsibility. You've got to make it a great place to work. You've got to give them, you know, breaks, access at live events and, and make them enjoy what they do. There's nothing worse than waking up in the morning and not enjoying what you do. And I, I feel and I hope that everybody here loves doing what they do. They love coming here. You know, they love enjoying maybe going to the gym or to the pool or in the summer sitting outside and just talking and bouncing off each other. We have a great team of people here, and we, w- we wouldn't be in the position we are without them. Can we have a quick look around? Yeah, of course, yeah. There's Tony Bellew. Once took the mickey out of me and said, oh, you had it hard, you lad, then, you know. So, uh, sort of memorabilia is quite important. This, this wall is like quite a famous wall, and it used to be all my dad. Hmm. But as we've sort of gone through the years, I'm slowly getting rid of those ones. That's when Anthony won the IBF world title against Charles Martin. <laughs> moment this is what we talk about when we talk about British boxing look at what it means to these people and that is so great to be able to deliver that through sport those kind of nights but this is what makes me so happy as well which is the people here will never forget that night they'll leave that arena saying that was a great night I mean what was it for VIP here £200 for a VIP ticket all your drink all your food and you got to witness that so I know that all those people love boxing they love that night and they'll be back and that, that's really important you know people always say to me what, what was the best night you know and 
There's so many. I mean, Darren Barker, Kel Brook, Tony Bellew at Goodison Park. But this one was really the first major, major win on a world level. And Carl Froch took that fight for less money against Lucien Bute than he could have got just to fight anybody. And that's why he's the kind of fighter that he is. The referee crossed his hands and stopped the fight. Carl Froch went over to celebrate. I got in the ring, picked him up, turned around, and everyone, and the ref was counting. So I dived back out of the ring again and then realised that you could be disqualified if you were a licensed cornerman. I think you said it there. It's a Nottingham Forest fire, isn't it? That's what we've got here. Lucky I wasn't a licensed corner, just a, a nutty promoter, but that goes down as a great night. And this one, I mean, that is just something we will never, ever forget. Darren Barker winning the world title against Daniel Gill, getting off the floor from that body shot. Mm. And I just remember that I was scoring the fight and everybody at ringside felt like it was on the last round or there or thereabouts. And I just remember screaming at Darren saying, win this last round win this last round and I felt like he lost the last round as many people did and we got in the ring and he said what do you think I said I feel like we've won but we're in America we're on another promoter show I think like you lost the last round he's like you're joking I won that fight blah, blah. Mm. and then Michael Buffer gave it the you know the big intro he's got it Darren Barker world champion they are going crazy in that ring. Look at that. Look at what it means to Darren Barker. He toughed it out. He gutted it out. And he's got a split decision that he so richly deserves. And it was just, as you can see there, I mean, him and Tony Sims are very close. Peter Sims there, Tony's brother. And, you know, it was just, just remarkable. Max Kellerman looks delighted, you know, not. Um, yeah, it was a nice story with Darren anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, talking about Kel Brook, this was the breakthrough night. This was... This wasn't just the breakthrough night for Kel Brook. This was the breakthrough night for Matram and for me, coming back into boxing. And this was a couple of months, I think, before Carl Froch's fight with Lucien Buto. We finished at the Hillsborough Leisure Centre and I said, your next fight is in the arena, Sheffield Arena. And everyone looked at me like I was mad. I spoke to my dad, he said, what are you doing? Like, you know, they, We didn't go to arenas then. It, it just wasn't even thought about. And I said, no, you know, we've got Matthew Hatton, the War of the Roses, Lancashire against Yorkshire, I think it can sell. And he looked at me like I was mad. I met up with um, Matthew Hatton and his dad, Ray. We did a deal at the time, paid him an absolute fortune uh, each, and then got it on. We sold 8,000 tickets. It hit record numbers for Sky. And that was the first time, really, that Sky sort of looked at boxing and went, oh, might have a future. And then we ran the Carl Froch fight against Lucien Buto. That hit even bigger numbers. And, um, you know, it, that was really the start of, of Sky looking at us seriously and saying, oh, boxing is, is back. And actually, in these big arenas, we can make it happen and hit the numbers. This was probably my old man's biggest fight, really, which was the second Ben Eubank one uh, at Old Trafford, which, until I did Wembley, 
for Frotch Groves was always a thorn in my side because they would always say, but son, you've not done Old Trafford, you know. I think they had 48,000 at Old Trafford that night. Ladies and gentlemen, after 12 rounds of boxing, here are the score totals. Judge ringside, Harry Gibbs scores about 115, 113, Chris Eubank. Two points of Eubank. Carol Castellano scores about... 114, 113, Nigel Benn. One each. This looks like being a draw. Chuck Hassett scores about 114 to 114. Even a draw, the decision. Yes, it's a draw. Well, we thought Ben just stole it, Jim, but we weren't a bit surprised by a drawn decision then. Would you believe? Is it going to be a third time up? He's not too pleased with that, Ben, at all. And then, you know, our Coupe de Gras. Joshua Klitschko at Wembley, which will never be forgotten, obviously by us, but also by the world of sport. This is great work from Joshua. What fitness, what heart from Klitschko, but the fight has been stopped. Lift off for AJ. One of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. I think it's the only way you can explain it. Um, it, was a, it was a great night. Down here we might have the most important photo of all. Which is me with Audley Harrison at the Hay Bellevue, uh, sorry, at the Hay Harrison press conference. Um, I did not have a clue what I was doing. I looked quite confident actually, quite young, but I honestly did not have a clue what I was doing. Sitting there, I was almost thinking, please don't ask me to speak. But actually, that fight really paved the way for us in boxing. But Hay hits very hard and he hurts and he's going to finish it here. Talk Sport Fight Night Special. A day in the life of boxing promoter Eddie Hearn on Talk Sport. You mentioned the run that you've got coming up. I mean, just talk us through it. The big heavyweight dust up between Dillian White and Lucas Brown. A great fight. I think outside of the heavyweight championship fights, that's the best fight in the division right now. He just annoys me. So face to face, you got nothing to say on social media. You want to talk all day on social media. You want to be a smart ass on social media, but face to face, you got nothing to say. We've got a few more minutes. Relax, relax. Is this start? Just relax at the no. minute. There's a few more minutes ago. You have to, you know, you can't just shoot off all at once. That's uh, your problem. My you, shoot, you shoot off too you take, quick. You, you take the stage. My apologies. You can't shoot off so quick. Sorry. Relax. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Relax. Relax. Sorry. Relax yourself. Yeah. Relax yourself. Just calm down. Carry on. And of course, the week after the big one, AJ against Parker, eighty thousand just under at the Millennium Stadium, unification fight. Just so excited, and yeah, you know, the Takam night was great, but. It was a little bit flat because obviously it was a replacement opponent. And what were you feeling though? We were all in that the arena when the lights went out. Yeah. As the promoter, well, talk I mean, us through that because everyone's looking around thinking, "Oh, what, what on earth? You're, you're responsible." Yeah. So we uh, we walked out of the tunnel, and the music started, and then it stopped. And I'm thinking, how can you mess this up for an AJ ring walk? What is going on here? And then I looked at the Sky people and obviously everyone's going like this. And then everyone's saying, we've lost, we've lost power. And I'm like, you've lost power. So then you start thinking about, you know, obviously the TV connections, the pay-per-view boxes. And then we, AJ just said, let's walk. So we walked with no music. People in the arena just thought it was 
oh Anthony Joshua we just decided to ring walk to that instead got in the ring and I just looked around at all the you know you guys Sky checking your cables well I'm just thinking this has got to be a wind up and then boom the generator kicked in and we were back just in time for Michael Buffer so the whole like you know the Pulev pulling out the run up to the week that it was almost like everything was there to unsettle Anthony Joshua Tagliam just jumps inside as Joshua and loads good right up and Carlos Tagliam is running in front of Anthony Joshua Joshua hitting him with solid right hands referee Phil Edwards has intervened seen enough and waved off the contest but this is a fight where you can just celebrate you can get up off your seat you can get involved in two undefeated young fearless big punching fast heavyweight world champions and it's so important to the legacy of Anthony Joshua and I love nights like that but I was thinking the other day that I I wish that I could just relive the Klitschko fight one more time you know because sort of when you're there of course it's amazing but just sit back and sort of look around and just watch people's reactions as as that ref we were stops doing that the in Germany last week. Yeah, we? I know, I know. But um, and then I kind of thought, I, th- I feel like we might get that again in the Parker fight. You know, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if there were a few, you know, um, scary moments in that fight, even if both guys were hurt, because AJ's AJ. You know. He's going to go in, he's going to entertain. He's going to have a fight, he's going to have a tear-up. You know, He can have a game plan, but I know what he wants to do. And Parker will have the heart and the chin and the speed to, to cause problems. So I'm nervous about that fight as well, but obviously from, from a legacy perspective, these are the nights where you know, they'll go down in history. It'll be the night that he added another strap and took one more step to become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. The reigning, defending, undefeated heavyweight champion of the world, AJ Anthony Joshua! thing that I think separates myself is the fact that I mix intelligence with hard work, making sure my mind's in the right place as well. Ladies and gentlemen, from South Auckland, New Zealand, the reigning WBO heavyweight champion of the world, Joseph I think this is my time. I think it's my destiny to be here. I feel like I, I, I truly feel I'm going to win. You're almost so close to that camp. You're so close to AJ, mm. obviously, Rob McCracken, everything. How concerned are you, though, when, when he's got to a level as he has now, when financially, no issues there, he's, mm. he's, he's set? 
you know, he, he has obviously he's, uh, there's people around him. It's a, a different thing now mm. that he's dealing with. He's got his own brand and mm. all the rest of it. How can you that 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 can always be hard for a, a fighter to retain that hunger to keep the yeah, focus? That's the big concern. And, I, and he will always he will say to me sometimes, "How long do you want me to go on for?" You know, it asks quite. You know, what, what do you think? And I say, "While you have desire, because this is such a dangerous sport." The moment you lose that desire, you must walk away. Because, you know, you can't be in a fight and lack that same desire and, and, and hunger. And, you know, almost like your man, Naz, that happened to him, I believe. You know, he, he made his money. Um, he, he lost his desire. He lost all the things that made him a great fighter. And you can't blame them. I would do it. I mean, Marvin Hagler said it's very hard to get up and do your early morning runs when you're wearing silk pajamas. How true is that? You don't need. Sometimes you don't need it anymore. But a lot of fighters need boxing. Kell Brook's one of those people. He needs boxing. Anthony Joshua needs boxing. Boxing gives them something different in their life. And I can tell you that Anthony Joshua is more motivated today than he was in his first professional fight. And that, what that Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. He's a remarkable young man. Because I cannot imagine having his money now and his fame and just being the same individual that he was when he had nothing and I tr- trust me he's exactly the same it's remarkable he's more hungry he wants to improve more now than ever before he's training harder he's adding new dimensions to his training camp you know he's not saying oh god leave that run bo- boxing is one of those sports where you can't wake up at five o'clock in the morning and go oh you know what I think I'll leave that run today 
doesn't matter if you're sick doesn't matter if you're aching doesn't matter if you've got the hump you can't go and do it then you've got to come back have a bit of breakfast go to sleep wake up do 12 rounds of sparring you don't wake up at 11.30 and go oh, you know what I think I swerved the sparring today you get out of bed and you do it then you go home you have a bit of dinner you go back and then you do a swim or you do strength and conditioning you wake up and you do it all over again for 12 weeks it's brutal in an inner ring in training everything but he is so motivated I've never known anyone like it so that being the case then should he get through the Parker test which you expect a few twists and turns on the mm. night you're asked all the time it's no different now but obviously we want to see unification fights and, and there's, there's a certain Tyson Fury that's not far away as well Return of the Mac 2018 it's my year it's called Tyson Takeover I could probably fight this weekend so if I can come back my ambition is to get in the ring again and get under them lights I told them recently I want to get some baby oil on shining, glistening looking the part I lifted a few weights now I used to call Joshua a bodybuilder and I'm starting to look like a bodybuilder now. Now, Joshua's been doing a good job at polishing my belts, keeping them nice and warm. I'm back this year with a bang. And whoever it may be, good luck, God bless them, and bring your A-game. I opened the division up for all these heavyweights to have world titles. How realistic are those fights, the ones that everybody wants to see? I'm not underestimating the Parker fight, but you know, those, the wilder, the Fury fights, and how easy can they be I made? realistic is the wrong word, inevitable is the right word all you have to do is look at the career path of Anthony Joshua to know what kind of fights he's going to be in the future he's had 20 fights he's been a pro for what, four years he has won the British the Commonwealth and the World Heavyweight title this is the fifth defence of his world title he has been in two unification fights so don't get caught up in the hype of Deontay Wilder. I'm too athletic. I told y'all I'm mobile, I'm hostile. I got a heart of a lion. I am the king, baby. And ain't no heavyweight can compare to me. Ain't nobody got the agility, the feet work that I have. I move like a, a, a middleweight, man. The things that I can do in the ring, man, it just, it's, it's crazy. The things that I see in the ring, how I set these guys up, I'm very confident in what I do. But the world won't Joshua. All right, well, the let world won't Wilder. All right, let me ask I you. won't Joshua. Joshua, come and see me, baby. Well, if no he more hiding, no more ducking, no more dodging, no more excuses. Let's make the fight happen. Let's see who's the best. I know I'm the best. Are you up for the test? Saying, yeah, I'm the one champion. He's had 39 fights. He's been a pro for about nine years. He's never had one unification fight. AJ, you know, the training team, and me sometimes, have to keep AJ on a leash for just jumping into these fights now. He jumped into the Charles Martin fight in his 16th fight, and everyone said, no, no, wait, wait, wait. He jumped into the Klitschko fight in his 19th fight. 19th fight. So he, these are inevitable, these fights. Of course, Tyson Fury is a fight we'd love to make. Biggest fight in British boxing. The other fight is the Wilder fight. The Wilder fight, all being well against Parker, the Wilder fight is the one that gives him the undisputed heavyweight championship of the world. That's different level. That doesn't happen anymore. you know. And that's what he wants. That'd be a You're nice way then to, to go to Fury, who still considers yeah, himself the yeah. lineal champion. Yeah, listen, AJ may retire after winning all the belts. Who knows? This desire that we talk about, and he's, 
he's smart enough to know that when he loses that desire, he won't do it. He doesn't need to do it. I can't see that happening anytime soon till he gets to the top of the mountain. But when you get there, that's when you might look round and say, okay, well, I've done everything. He loves to win. He's a winner. So any young fighter should look at Anthony Joshua and say, sport, winning, competition. Probably someone I admire more in boxing than anyone is Carl Froch. And there was not, and AJ's at the same ilk, a bigger competitor. You know, if it was scrambling to pick up a 10p piece off the floor, he'll want to get there before you. You know, if it was walking down the escalator from a terminal of an airport, he'd want to make sure that he got to the end before you. I wouldn't say it, but that man. And that's why he was never the, you know, the technically the greatest fighter in the world. But when you get in there with him, with eight ounce gloves on, ten ounce gloves, it's it's war, and tough to beat those those kind of people, mm. those people that will just fight till the end. And that was Carl Froch. And the moment he lost that, which was the night he knocked out George Groves at Wembley, and looked round and went, "I've done it all." He walked away. And you can see the confidence flowing from Groves now. The longer this is going on, the success is coming. But Frotch digging in, has more of those body shots. And he stays with it, but catches another left hand. Digs in deep, sucks it up. And gets it! Wow! Right hand! It's destroyed Groves! It's waved off already! Johnny Fish saw it up! What a shot! You will not see a more explosive finish than that! Should Josh unify all the belts, and Fury is back to a level, is back mm-hmm. to a fitness level and everything else, do you, there can't possibly be a situation where Joshua would say, "Well, I've got all the belts, I've made no, all the jo- money." I'm Joshua wants. Joshua, everyone will, yeah. will always talk about Joshua. Fury. Joshua wants to fight Tyson Fury for many reasons. One, I don't think he particularly likes him, and they they have back and forwards on the phones. They'll text each other now and again, which is quite bizarre. Um, he, there's still the element of Tyson did that first, you know, with Klitschko. So he's the real champ. We go to the scorecards. Here we go. Cesar Ramos scores at 115 to 112. The same score from Raul Caiz Sr., 115, 112. And Ramon Serdan scores at 116, 111. All three scores to the winner by unanimous decision. From the United Kingdom, the new unified heavy. So the heavyweight championship changes hands, and you have a real wild card now. Tyson Fury, one of the most unusual people ever to have competed for the championship, now holds it. Talk Sport Fight Night Special. A day in the life of boxing promoter Eddie Hearn on Talk Sport Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. You're listening to Fight Night Live on Talk Sport, your home for boxing, and tonight it is uh, your home for UFC. We're at UFC London. However, May 27th, we'll be rolling into a different city, baby. Rolling deep, that's what we're, we're going to be rolling into deep. a different rolling. city. Now, for those, that are, for those that are quite uh, clever and uh, ahead on the calendar, you'll know that uh, May 27th is actually a Sunday. It's a bank holiday. God help Liverpool on that day. 
because the fans are going to be coming out in force. There's going to be 12,000 mad scousers screaming for one dude. That dude, is sat right in front of me right now. It's already been announced that he's top of the table, baby. He is top of the bill. Dream it, believe it, achieve it. It's going to happen that night. Darren Till, welcome to the show. How are you? Is everyone okay? Yeah. We're all sweet as a nut. How are you, mate, after these announced after the last 24 hours? This is me. This has been me for 24 hours. (laughs) This smile hasn't come off my face. Listen, what did I say to you, Nick, after the the fight? I said, living in the moment, and that's what I try to do a lot of. Live in in the moment. There's there's no word that can justify how I feel. couldn't say it here to you because it wouldn't do justice so just live in that moment and you know mate uh, after May 27th that night nothing in my life going forward will top that yeah not nothing uh, nothing mate even win the UFC title it, it, it will be special but I already know I'm going to win the UFC title yeah the UFC coming to Liverpool was a uh, mm, wasn't confirmed wasn't yeah, confirmed yeah. Did, I, did I know it was going to happen so now that it's happening how many people should have got UFC to Liverpool? How mm. many people? And, yep. and how many times have you asked? And then just little old Darren from Walton comes and just brings it. So when it comes to London and, and, and other places as such, there's a, there can be a mixed crowd. You could have the English feed the English and the London crowd don't know who to go with. Yeah. When I'm in Liverpool, it's going to be 13,000 scouts shouting my name. It doesn't matter who's across. It's, it's 13,000 scouts going absolutely insane for me. So that will be the little bit of a difference between London and all the other places. Obviously, everyone's trying to com- compare it against Dublin. And I, I will stick my leg on the line and say it will be better than Dublin. I know it will. The date's actually the anniversary of Tony Bellew's greatest moment. What he says will never be surpassed. It was also on a Sunday. The same, same bank holiday weekend, same wasn't May it? Same bank holiday yeah. weekend at Goodison Park when he won the world title. He climbed up off the floor, and now An you incredible get the opportunity. Night. And, and guess what? It's a year since I returned to the UFC. Well, wow! Can I give year. you another target then, Darren? Of course. And I, I want to know first of all why you're at Darren Till Two. We'll come to that in a minute because I want to know <laughs> yeah, who's Darren, Darren Till, Till One is. Yeah. Well, I want to know. I, I want to know when you're going to get Darren Till one on on Twitter <laughs> first of all. But the, but the other thing is, can I set you another target? Can you do what Tony Bellew did and take a UFC event to a stadium after Listen, that as well? Right, there's a long plan to all. Listen, if I would have said to you when I started MMA seven years ago, when I walked through them doors at Carbon, yeah, I'll, I'll headline the Echo. You all would have laughed at me, and people now are laughing at me when I say I'm going to be a champion, and when I say I want to move up and be a champion. Listen, mate, I don't care what fighters say, but I've got plans and dreams. And you can say what you want to me, talk this disrespect a young man's dreams, because I take that as disrespect. And sitting here now, I will win titles, and I will bring the UFC to the That's a very large finger banging the table there, (laughs) the in the background, by the way. Yeah, exactly. People move camp and and, and they go and do six weeks here and there because they don't believe in their coach and the people around them. Now, I haven't got one welterweight partner in the gym I've got a few partners they're all different weights one's a heavyweight one's a lightweight whatever but I just believe in me coaching me training partners so I don't need to go to the, the best gyms in the world to achieve what I'm achieving you know I'm already getting there now and you're just going to see I just want everyone to sit back and just watch the show and come, come along with me you know I'm just, I'm just a scouser trying to just do what I want now I, I, when you were answering that question then I saw that I saw the the upset on your missus face, all right? Because she's thinking, yes, California, we're yeah, going to go live in Cali. <laughs> we're going to go and get some no, of that we're sunshine. We're in a little apartment in Wavo, that's where we are. She's dreaming of that sunshine. I don't want none of this snow anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, though, mate, congratulations. Thank you, because, mate. Because 
for, for a lot of people, this might look like it's been one of those rises that have just come boom out, out, of the, out of the thing. Nick's been championing you for such a long, long period of time. And obviously before the injury, before you pop your shoulder and what have you, and obviously the comeback period of time, he was constantly in my ear going, listen, right? You ain't said nothing yet. Wait till Darren Till comes back. And I'm going, yeah. Darren Till comes back and sets the world on fire. And it's just yeah. gone like that. And a lot of fans will think that it's just gone like that. Yeah, yeah. But this is taking years of graft. Years, years of graft. Years, years. I've never had a proper job. I've never... I don't know what I've done. All I've done is graft in the gym and there's been bumps, mate. I couldn't even tell you after stuff I've done in my life because I go to jail right now for it. But the, 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 the hard work that has been done up until this point, I'm 25 years of age and, 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 and I've grafted. I haven't just beat Cerrone. Cerrone. I've worked my ass off. We're working hard on the bleep button tonight, by the way. <laughs> working hard on that bleep button, babe. Adon- Adonis is in charge of the bleep button tonight. His fingers it's hurt. Passion. It's called passion for the fans. <laughs> Absolutely. It's passion. I admire, the, the um, I admire the years you spent in Brazil as well because... Yeah. That gave you the cradle of confidence, yeah. the ground. It's the ground. Yeah. Darren, tell us that story. Yeah. Tell, you know, it's tell, amazing, tell us. It's an amazing. Tell us how you go Darren, out to Brazil. Is, uh, the thing is, mate, everyone knows, and I'll go through it again. I, you know, and, and, and the thing is, one thing I want to make clear is I know my mental game because a, f- a lot of fighters, right, Nick, they, 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 they have a family and they go off and do the six week camp, and every week they're calling the missus and they're sad and they're upset. Mate, I spent four years there. I, mm. didn't, I didn't miss no one. Yeah. I, I, there was a job to be done and now I'm back in Liverpool mm. and I've got a family in Brazil I've got the most important thing in my in my world my daughter yeah. do, do, I, do you not think I miss it and it's not just six months it's a year it's been longer than a year so you know that's that's what I go through mate and I'm not no sob story here whatsoever don't want no one to feel sorry for me but don't just think that this has happened overnight do you mm. know what I mean a lot of sacrifice has been done obviously you all know the story I had, I had a, an incident in Liverpool you know in, you know, I wasn't really, f- I was focused and I wasn't, and I, you know, doing this and doing that. And I got into a so fight. Colin got you out, didn't he? Colin got me out, mate. You know, I nearly died. This is not me sitting Colin's his trainer for people died. that didn't know, yeah. Yeah, Colin is my trainer and he is everything. Colin is the man. The heron. The heron, yeah. Heron, uh, team carbon actually means heron in, in Thai, mm-hmm. so that's what. Yeah. But he said to me, listen, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a champion or do you, do you just want to be a guy who said you could have been a champion? Mm. And, and, you know, that's all I need. And I said, what do I need to do, Colin? He said, go to Brazil and I'll tell you when to come back. So four years down the line, I, st- I came back and he said, are you ready to listen? Are we ready to work hard? Are we ready to take over? And sitting in front of you now, every <laughs> out there is calling me out. There you yeah. go, Adonis, another bleep for you, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it for you, mate. Bleep. <laughs> <laughs> but what, how, are you, how are you finding that, that adoration, that fame, in a way? Because, like you said, yeah. you walk down the street now, yeah. every yeah. man and his dog knows who yeah, you yeah, are. She with me on a daily basis. Pe- pe- there's not a day that goes by where people don't stop me. You know, I'm walking out there and people are wanting me to take photos and yeah. selfies and whatever. I wish I could just jump on the crowd and take a group selfie, but... It's, it's part of the territory now, yeah, though, isn't it? Yeah. it is, mate. The thing is, right, people talk about, yeah, I won't let fame get to me and this and that. You, you've just got just to remember that this is a part of it. It's not just the fighting. You've got to remember that people are going to want your ear there and everything, and every single lad and dad and grandmother or whatever wants a photo with you. You cannot turn no one away. That's the thing. Mm. You know, the security are pushing you, barging there, but... If I have to stay there all night to take a photo with every fan in there, I'll have to do it, mate. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to sit there and go, yeah, I want to, because no one wants to, but I would have to. It is what needs it's to be It's part of your done. job. It's part of the it's job. It's part of your job. And those those people that, and they're happy doing that. Absolutely. And those people are the ones that are buying the tickets to come and see you, to support well, you, to, so that so love you. Well, talking really about buying tickets, that was announced 24 hours ago. <laughs> My phone hasn't stopped. I don't sell... Can I go official? 
I don't sell tickets yeah, to the do. UFC. Yeah, you do. You're Why a is everyone in Liverpool <laughs> Yeah, you do. Everyone's tapping me up. Yeah, so I can only imagine what your phone's I don't know what's like. happened, right, mate, but I didn't have that many mates in school, and all of a sudden I've got about a million best mates from school. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of them, everybody's down in Liverpool yeah, now going, great. oh, I went, I went to school about? with Darren. Yeah, we're we're clear top, mate. I saw Dan the kind of Lucas so, you know. Yeah, but what's clear in all of this, even though you're enjoying it, and you're clearly enjoying it here tonight, is your feet are on the ground. You know that it's all about the next performance, the next trip to the gym the next training camp getting fit again it's clear it's just it's in your you're exuding it I'll be honest mate I don't want to be here I want to be in the gym on this Monday I, I'm, mm. I'm enjoying this but I want to just mm. get to the gym and, and go past that trauma that Colin's mm. going to take me through for 10 mm. weeks he's going to put me through trauma Nick knows better than anyone Yeah. How do, you fi- how do you find watching stuff like you say you're not fighting you're at a night tonight there's fights on, you're watching it. Are you like think, looking at it and thinking to yourself, well, oh, yeah, fun. how much better am I than any fighter? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that there it? You go. Just watch it going, I'm just miles Set, better than yeah, this lot. Levels below miles me this. better. I, I just believe it, mate. And this is no disrespect. Anyone who fights in there has, has got, you know, you've got to have something in you differently from the other people. But I, I just believe deep down in me somewhere that I am better than any man on this earth. And I say it to her permanently, mate. You put anyone in front of me, Joshua, anyone, I will beat them. There you go, right? So once he's cleared up in the USC... Anthony Joshua, no, no, heavyweight in champion. In fact, yeah, I've, okay. asked, I've asked him to do me a little video on that, so that's like, I'll <laughs> <laughs> tell him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good payday, dude. It's a good payday. You want me to get knocked out? I don't believe it that much. It's all just a blank. <laughs> 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 Wait a minute. I thought we thought about Joshua in the octagon. Bring him in. Yeah, in the bring, octagon. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking bring about in his cage, mate, no. in the ring. I'll go there. Mate, listen, congratulations. The last 24 hours has been absolutely mad for us. It must be even crazy yeah, so we'll see when we get back there. But it's not about. Oh, you getting an open top bus ride? You're going in. Absolutely. You're going in an open top bus. Well, Stevie, they're G- gonna Stevie G. Stevie G. Stevie G. Tickets. Stevie G. No, no. Yeah. Stevie G. Steven Gerrard. He's driving the bus. That's what I do. Stephen Gerrard. You do know the fight is 24 hours after the Champions League no, no. final. Listen, mate, and you know oh, Liverpool yeah. was still in the mix. You, want, you know, you know, like the Conor McGregor effect. Everything just fit in the, into place for him, didn't it? Everything was there yeah. at the right time. I feel like this echo event, me not fighting at London, and the way the Champions League will beat. You know how passionate Liverpool people are. That weekend, honest to God, right, will go down in history and, you know, whatever, I, I'm there and I'm the main event of it. I feel like I'm sitting on Radio Merseyside tonight or something. <laughs> <laughs> you now, you know I, now you know how I feel on a week-by-week basis. <laughs> but I love it. I've got to say, I love it. <laughs> right, listen, Darren, super, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Stick around because we're going to uh, turn our attention towards the world of boxing because we're back in the auto arena next week. Uh, for Dillian White against Lucas Brown. You listen to Fight Night Live here on TalkSport, your home of boxing, and tonight, the home of Darren Till. TalkSport Fight Night Special, a day in the life of boxing promoter Eddie Hearn on TalkSport. The team, Mandy, who takes care of all our tickets there, she's a bit shy. Winkle, everyone's got nicknames, okay? So, so, yeah, you have, kind of, although we'll get to yours in a minute, but Winkle, a.k.a. Anthony Lever, Runs all our media. I think he got the name Winkle. It just come from my old man. He said one day, he sort of said, "Hello, Winkle or Weeble, or as he called you." He said, "He's like a little Weeble, a little, like a little Winkle, isn't he?" So it sort of stuck, really. Um, hammer time, not for any reason that he carries a hammer, just because his name's Scott Hammerton. So we just derived it as Hammer Time, and he runs all our social media. Um, Green Book over the back there. Green Book is so Paul came to us to run our social media, and eventually now runs our operations and a lot of our matchmaking and, and uh, dealing with the governing bodies. We call him Green Book because the Green Book well, is the, the, rules. the rules and regulations of the British Boxing Board of Control, which he constantly quotes back to us. <laughs> so uh, we know we, can't, we always operate by the book. 
And then Rossi G, who raps for free over there. Um, Ross, Ross really, it's taken Ross a couple of years to get used to the lifestyle of matrim boxing, or boxing in general. Ross is former Saatchi and Saatchi, sort of old sort of corporate school, which doesn't really work in boxing or in matrim. So Ross has gone from sort of, you know, tough nose agency boy to commercial hustler. Um, yeah, yeah. So he's responsible for all our big sponsorship deals and, and media deals and stuff like that. And, um, you know, in the office, again, littered with memories, a lot of our shows up there uh, over the years that we've put together. This piece of art here is the first Frotch Groves fight. And nice, I sit over there, that I can look at this and sort of remind myself of what we did that night. Is that why you all play football in here? Yeah, we do. Yeah. Being in the yeah, now we just... It's, you'll always see us playing keep-ups here, and Mandy loses her rag because the screen goes over or the little pencil pot goes over and, you know. This is the Darren Barker against Sergio Martinez fight, which was mad at the time going into that fight. And there's many reasons that we went into that fight, mainly because Darren was just full of injuries all the time. And it was a huge opportunity, big money fight at the time, and he dived in. Better from Barker. Not an awful lot of power there, though, and Martinez looks to try and come back with something and does. And that was a clinical response, and I don't think Barker's getting up. You know, that, that punch was possibly good. Oh, he's done. He's done. That must have been a thunderous punch. That's just taking everything away from Dan Barker. Well, he's behaved like a true champion, but full credit to Dan Barker. I thought we might see a performance from him tonight to enhance his reputation. We've seen that, but uh, what a tragedy. Doing so well, and one punch has taken it all away from him. Did really well in that fight. Did really well in that fight. Um, the bomber over there from the Goodison Park fight. The good one from Bell Ubi's taken too many chances He's now. got to be careful. Solid oh, shot for the cover. The dream has come true for this fighter from Liverpool, England, here in Goodison Park, Liverpool, the winner, and new WBC, cruiserweight champion of the world, Cody. This room then. This was a snooker room. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, okay. snooker room. So you got to remember that my dad came out of Dagenham, and this was his first real purchase. I mean, back then, he paid 200 grand for this house 30 years ago. It's worth a little bit more than that now. But this was, you know, for a kid who came out of Dagenham, like this was just the most amazing purchase of all time. And we lived here for a long time, looked to sell it actually. And he sort of said, no, no, I don't, you know, this place means a lot to us. Love to run it, you know, run our business out of here. Applied for it with the council, got it passed, and it's been very, very successful. It's a great place to work. Um, there's a gym and a pool, and obviously people can just come, get some fresh air, go for walks, and yes. just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of that. Yeah, so this is just um, a gym for everyone who works here, really. You, you've got some fine, quite a few fighters come in here. Just might take over, do a little bit of work. Um, but it's really more for the people who work at Matra. Big believers in well, trying to stay fit, at least. Um, healthy, 
body, healthy mind, really feel that physical exercise can switch you on and keep you sharp. My dad's a big believer in that, and that's in running. There. He's run about 11 marathons, my dad. Best time, 3 hours 21. I don't know where he pulled that one from, must have got a cab or something, but I ran a marathon three years ago, 4 hours 10, so it gives me loads of stick. And um, there's, there's two things, whenever I'm on a run, there's two things that really I look at and motivate me. Firstly is that, which is Leighton Orient, which obviously we used to own, mm-hmm. and that was the FA Cup last 16 game against Arsenal at Brisbane Road. And we equalised with three minutes to go to take the replay to Emirates. And, uh, Which was the perfect result. It was, financially, yeah. yeah. For a club that's losing a million pounds a year, I mean, it enables you to break even that year. But more importantly, we got to go to Emirates. We lost about 5-1 on the night, or 5-0. But we stole all the cutlery from the ballroom. So, we, you know, we didn't leave empty-handed. And this one, as well, motivates me because, although actually we've got quite a good relationship with George Groves, that was the right hand yeah. that, that won the fight at Wembley. And, uh, Carl's mentioned that before, I think, hasn't he? That picture, yeah. He's mentioned the shot as well. Yeah, yeah, a few times, a few times. No, special, special punch, special. He's come back, George. I think he's come back. Yeah, no, well. he deserves a lot of respect. Didn't we? Yeah, we, we had our differences back in the day, and we were probably a little bit more, all, all a little bit less mature than we are now. But he deserves a lot of credit. Just the pull. Um, again, everybody entitled to use it. The fighters will come in quite a bit. This this area up here, actually is um, where quite a few fighters come and do their pad work. Uh, it's nice and warm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Joshua here with Rob McCracken quite often. A lot of the Tony Sims guys. And then, and then have a swim after. Talk Sport Fight Night Special. A day in the life of boxing promoter Eddie Hearn on Talk Sport. As a promoter, again, what people must say to you all the time as well, that purely as a promoter, the frustrations of other promoters doing shows on the same night as mm-hmm. you fans obviously get wound up by that there's, there's a situation I think on the 21st of April when there's yeah. a Warren show you've mm-hmm. got you've got Khan obviously in mm-hmm. Liverpool can there ever be a situation where you could get your heads together yourself Frank Warren and just say do you know what for, would it not make more sense we do that one you do that one Does, is that just again am I being unreal realistic no I, I don't think it's necessary I mean for that instance particularly Carl Frampton was going to box on the 7th of April um, we booked the arena at Echo, uh, Liverpool Echo for the 21st for Emir Khan. Eventually, they switched their date to the 21st. I don't think they, they were to know. Well, they weren't because they're devastated now. They're going the same night as Khan. But they weren't to know that we were going on the 21st. We, we had three days to the announcement and, or two days to the announcement and they come out and announce the 21st. We can't change it. You know, we can't, we can't turn around. I mean, is there a situation where we could sit down at the start of the season and say, these are the dates that we're hoping to go. The issue is, Dom, is that when you're booking arenas, it doesn't work like that. You know, you can't say, okay, well, we're going to go on the 14th in Newcastle with Josh Kelly. Hello, uh, Metro Radio Arena. We'd like to go on the 14th. Sorry, it's full. We can only do the 21st. Oh, we've got to go to Newcastle. So it's almost like, again, don't sound um, ignorant, but forgetting what the competition is doing and doing your own thing because if you believe in your events and you believe in your fights and you believe in your platform you shouldn't really worry too much about now don't get me wrong if there's a big night you know I mean look at like any promoter out there when Joshua goes if you and we had it last year um, Joshua against Takam went on the same night as Smith against Williams 
and Frank had to cancel the event because obviously all eyes are on Anthony Joshua. So they're not going to help me out. Do you know what I mean? I mean, and it's not really my priority to help them out. It's a competitive business. Um, it doesn't mean I want to block stadiums and go on dates that they're on. But I just feel like our shows are much superior. So I don't necessarily worry about what they're doing. You know, if they created a, a massive event that the whole of Britain was tuned in and watching, I definitely wouldn't go that night. You know, but Khan's going to outperform Frampton on, on, on the viewing figures significantly. So we have to do our own thing. It wasn't deliberate. You know, we were going to go on the April the 14th. Now they're doing Flanagan on April 14th. So I just decided, okay, we won't go on April 14th. So, but if I had a monster show, I'd just go on April 14th. You know, it's, and everything's based, the main thing is, when you put a show together, Sky will give us certain Saturdays that work for them from a scheduling perspective. You know that. So they might say, right, in April, there's two Saturdays that work. Then you've got to marry up the venues the fighters so generally you only really get one choice you know and you might get none but you strike in this business you don't sit around faff around call someone you know, if I called the office of Frank Warren or a rival promoter and said Frank um, I've, I've got an opportunity to go on April the 14th at Echo can you get back to me and let me know today because that's the deadline by the way from the arena to book it uh, if that's a good date to go, you think I'll get a call back, you know, or he might do, he might try and book it himself. That's how boxing works. So it's a very reactive business. You know, oh, we've signed him. He's got a fight in April. Sky said there's only one Saturday that works in April. Try and get that arena. Oh, it's available, but we've got a challenge of a, a pencil that's booked it in. Do it. Boom. Bop. Send him the money. Done. And and that's that's how the boxing world works. People aren't going to help you out but you have to do your own thing, believe in what you're doing, and, and that's what we do. What are relations like on the ground? I, I appreciate all that, obviously, mm. and the, there's a lot more to it, and it's competitive, and the arenas is a, is a huge issue, mm. and you say TV dates as well, but you know, obviously you've got a relationship with the Sowlands. Mm -hmm. So relations, are, are, there's a history, obviously, with Frank Warren, mm -hmm. but I mean, on the ground, should you meet in a bar with, mm -hmm. with all the rival promoters? I mean, how, what would that be like, or what is that like? Uh, I'm not... Bad. I'm not particularly well liked. I would, I mean, if I was Frank Warren, I would hate me. Because, I mean, he talks about me a lot. But part of him probably secretly loves me because I did what he did. You know, back in the day, he was the young buck who went out and changed the dynamics of the game. Uh, and, and mixed it up from the days of Mickey Duff and Jarvis Astaire and the old school guys. And now that's happened to him. You know, he had effectively, really, a, pretty much a monopoly. I mean, if you call what we've got a monopoly, which a lot of people do, he certainly had a monopoly six, seven, eight years ago. And I come in, this sort of young kid who didn't really know a lot about what I was doing, similar to what my dad did, actually, and just mixed it up, signed everybody, became the number one, became the powerhouse. And he's, of course, going to get his back up. You know, but his time, you know, is not in a disrespectful way his time in boxing is coming to the end you know as my dad's is my dad could never be as successful as I am in boxing because it's a different market it's a different audience I'm I'm the demographic I'm the target market so and as you become older in your life 
you haven't got the same energy. You, it's just life. You, he can't outwork me. It's impossible. And he can't outthink me. And he certainly can't outpromote me. So I can't lose. If I, it's the same. It goes back to desire. And we talk about it with AJ. As long as I have the desire, I believe we're going to be number one. It's not arrogance, just how I feel. Because you won't be able to outwork me. Because my dad couldn't do what I do because he's nearly 70. Frank's a little bit younger. But in terms of walking into a bar, I've never had one conversation with Frank Ryan in my life. In my life. And he would, he would never want to have a conversation with me. So I've spoke to a few people who work for him, but that's the kind of relationship there from our side. I, I look at, I mean, when he looks at me, his blood boils. But when I look at him, I have respect for him. He's been in the game a long time. I don't, you know, the way they operate their business isn't for me. Um, it's not how we would do things, but I don't, I never look at him and lose my temper or go, oh, that Frank Warren. I just get on with what I do and, um, that probably irritates people more than ever. But it's not just Frank. It's worldwide. You know, and I guess if you don't know me, you would think, what a flash arrogant, you know, geezer who thinks he can just do what he wants. But there's there's a method to everything we do. You know, we do everything completely by the book. We pay people on time. We deliver on our promises. We follow the rules. And, and that applies for matrimony as a business, not just in boxing. You know, you can check out any company at Company's House. Have a look at us. We're for real. So finally then, on, on the, the, the kind of whole boxing world, if you like, we've, we've got the World Boxing Super Series that obviously mm. you've got a connection with. Mm -hmm. uh, boxing in this country, the small hall shows obviously all the time. You've got your own thing going on. I mean, how healthy do you feel it is? What would you like to see involved in boxing now? What would you like to see get rid of? I mean, the state of the game now, how do you kind of feel it? Well, I think there's total saturation in British boxing. And that comes because of its, of its success what has happened is yet again and not sounding arrogant but Matram and Sky have repositioned boxing as a sexy sport I mean look at Talk Sport now you know the thought of Talk Sport doing a significant multi-fight deal and investing significant funds into radio rights for live boxing events is unheard of and you beat others to the punch it wasn't like you, you were the only per person, you know. It, again, you know, you're getting into situations where broadcasters and, um, you know, radios, rights companies and sponsors are competing for rights around boxing, which goes to show you the success of the sport. But there is total saturation now in boxing. You, know, you, you look back at a time where it was like Sky, of, Sky are the only long-term continual investors in British boxing. But now, boxing's hot. So everyone's come up to try and take some bread. ITV, Channel 5, BT, um, and, and so on. And now, promoters, sometimes international, some look at it and say, wow, this is a hot market. Let's be aggressive. And the broadcasters are the same. So it's great for fans, but as a business, you just have to be smarter and better. Because now, there's so much competition for ticket sales back in the day fans at home would hope for maybe one or two shows a month would be brilliant now you're talking about dates clashing you know sometimes I mean I looked at the schedule for Saturday there's like five or six shows across Britain 
on Saturday. You got a Channel 5 show. And no one went to Barry McGuigan and say, why did you go on March the 3rd, the same night as Kel Brook? The question only gets asked to Eddie Hearn. Do you know what I mean? So why did he go? Probably because it was the only Saturday he could get with Channel 5 in the arena. You're not going to hear me shouting about it. Wow, he's gone the same night as me. It's a disgrace for boxing fans. It's just what happens. So you've got that, but you've got four or five small hall shows, non-TV shows, that are operating all over the country. So it's in a very healthy state. From a business perspective, it's hugely saturated. But there's a big interest in the sport. It's just what it's going to become harder to do is sell the mid-range events. So the small hall setup is going to prosper because of the general interest in boxing. The big events are going to continue to grow, but just the middle stuff. You know, you'll say, I've got my ticket for Joshua Parker, so I'm not going to go to Josh Taylor on Saturday or even Kel Brook. So, which is good news, so it means you have to continue to provide excellence for the fans because that's when you know you're going to get their support. The other stuff, yeah, 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 but I've got Joshua, I've got Hay Bell, I've bought tickets. You know, if you look at ticket numbers, you know, a Coley Chamberlain, 8,000, Brooke this weekend, 7,000, uh, Dillian White be 8,000, uh, Joshua, nearly 80,000, Khan will be a 9,000 sellout, Hay Bell, you will be 18,000. That's just up to the first week in May. So what is that? 130,000 tickets sold before May. So you're competing, not just for eyeballs at home, but you're competing for the fans' money. And the only way you're going to get the fans' money is to give them value. Talk Sport Fight Night Special. A day in the life of boxing promoter Eddie Hearn on Talk Sport. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on Talk Sport. Hey, you're listening to Fight Night Live, live from the O2 Arena. Not only for this week, but we're here next week as well. Tonight's been all about the UFC London. Fantastic, fantastic evening. Hopefully you've uh, enjoyed the show and hopefully our little ditties uh, throughout the course of the evening as we've been talking about the history of mixed martial arts and obviously the growth of it and where it's currently at, uh, especially with the UFC here in the UK. But next week we're all back to the O2 Arena uh, for a bit of boxing. Hopefully you're going to come and join us because we've got live and exclusive commentary of uh, Dillian White versus Lucas Brown in the heavyweight division. And there's also a couple of fantastic uh, British title fights uh, on that as well. Gareth will be alongside me uh, for that little bad boy. You must be uh, looking forward to that, especially with, uh, as we say on a regular basis, when there's needle between two fighters, we kind of like a narrative, don't we? And these two genuinely do not like each other. Well, chalk and cheese, black and white, they're both two massive personalities. Dillian White has become a major player on the British heavyweight scene, not least for that, the, the, the terrors that he gave Anthony Joshua a couple of years back. That's all he wants. He wants another fight with Anthony Joshua and a world title in his hands. Lucas Brown is a Twitter baiter, as we know. Uh, again, two big, hungry, angry heavyweights and it is going to be a lot of fun the whole week's going to be fun frankly Nick, regarding this fight, for me it's the perfect opponent for Dillian White because he needs someone to come at him doesn't he and we saw we, uh, Robert Hellenius yeah. when we went to Cardiff and it was like oh, somebody on the back foot for Dillian and he had to force the fight it didn't necessarily work, the kid's a street fighter let's be straight, let's not make no bones about it the kid's a street fighter, yeah. Lucas Brown looks like he's a street fighter so they're going to meet each other in a post box at the middle of the ring and start whacking leather out of each other aren't they? Absolutely, this is a, a, a complete scrap you know but the, the thing is it's a, it's a scrap with the ultimate prize at the end of it because one of these guys I believe is probably going 
going to get a, a world title shot out of it. Um, and I, I can't see AJ Wilder happening next. I think mm. one of these guys probably ends up fighting Wilder next. So uh, well, put themselves d- right in the frame. WBC number one, so therefore, off the back yeah, of this, yeah. at some point, they're going to mandate that, aren't they? Mm. So um, the reason I like the fight so much is because, you know, both these guys have had the troubles along the way. Uh, both these guys are, are coming for a lot of criticism, but they've also quite controversial characters. Yeah. But the great thing is, they both love fighting on the front foot. They both love whacking people. They love they've got knocking people out. Mm. And unlike, as you say, Hellenius, which for me set Dillian White backwards because that fight was so negative. That was Hellenius' tactics on the night. He was in survival mode. Lucas Brown, we've never seen a survival mode from him. This is an undefeated fighter. He will be coming to knock out Dillian White in this venue mm. next week. And Dillian White knows he needs the knockouts to secure the title, world title fight that he wants. Do you think Edge is going to play any part in this? Because uh, Lucas is a lot older than, uh, than Dillian, isn't he? He's in his late 30s, touching 40. Yeah, I mean, he came into the sport late. He, yeah, he, he hasn't did. got a lot of miles on the clock. I mean, the thing is this, th- this whole week is going to be, um, the event itself at the O2 Arena, back here at the O2 Arena, is going to be uh, a massive aperitif mm. for us going to the Principality Stadium in Cardiff. But not only oh. that, next week is interspersed. In terms of the narrative of the week, we've got Dillian White. And Lucas Brown working out on the Tuesday night in London. Wednesday, the media cavalcade all moves to Sheffield for an Anthony Joshua Open Day. Wednesday, Thursday, there's a press conference. Friday, everyone goes to the David Hay gym in Vauxhall yeah. to see Joseph yeah. Parker. And Parker and AJ are probably going to be here on the night. Mm. So it's going to have these amazing sparks and filaments I wouldn't be surprised if Deontay Wilder's in town he's definitely at the AJ fight as well he's coming in the following week to work with the Sky just just to put the cherry on top of the cake but it would be brilliant if he was here I mean Mm. you know look the point is Mm. again you, you mentioned Lucas Brown just now being undefeated as well it's an amazing time for the heavyweight division the man that wins this fight on next Saturday night becomes the wilder card if wilder doesn't yeah. happen if I can put it that yeah. way you know the most yeah. exciting thing is it's an amazing time for the heavyweight division but it's here Gareth it's oh, in the UK. Yeah. it's all happening mm. right here yeah. it's incredible now obviously there's no world title on the line for Brown versus White but there's two British title fights that have got me chomping at the bit which you're going to hear you on love a great British title fight don't you uh, do you know something I do but I like it even more when I'm excited about the talent that's involved in these British title fights and what, obviously he's really only shot to fame of late as uh, Lewis Ritson the lad from, wow. uh, from Newcastle yeah. but he's taking on obviously Scotty Cardle who's been here done that he's got the t-shirt at the British level before obviously he's had a couple of proper wars uh, with Masher uh, Nick's got very strong opinions that uh, Scott should have lost that fight against uh, Masher especially the first one yeah. I personally think that's Mr. Dunn Dodd, by the way, for people yeah, who don't Masha know. Masha Dodd. Masha because they're all mates with him, by the way. <laughs> I apologise for that. <laughs> uh, but Lewis Ritson, if you've not seen this kid fight, mm. he's a, a Geordie. He's, well, I saw him first in Manchester, was blown away with him, and then he went back to Manchester for a next-generation card and topped it, and I got blown away with him again. Yeah. And literally, he blew his opponent away within like 30 seconds, didn't he? He was absolutely tremendous that night. This is a proper test. But the a other- former British champion. It's a good test for him. I thoroughly anticipate him to come through it, don't get me wrong, but... We're going to see what he's all about next week. The, uh, the, the other exciting thing, and Nickel Nickel uh, ascribed to this as well. You know, um, knowing as he does MMA as well as boxing, that you know Newcastle, the Geordies, Sunderland has been a hotbed for mixed martial arts for a really long time. It's great to see a Geordie boxer come through and and make his. It's great to see a Geordie boxer come through and make his mark 
and bring boxing back. Absolutely. And, and there's a lot of heat behind Ritson, so Absolutely. it's brilliant, really. Complete fight town, Newcastle. You know, I lived there for a couple of years myself, and you know, they're, they're all about the football and fighting. That's what they're bred on, you know. And it's they've been starved of a big superstar for a long time, Gareth. But if they can tap into that market, and I believe with Ritson they can. I think this kid goes way beyond British level. You know, European minimum, yeah. potentially even world honors as well, because he's hit the domestic scene. He looks so aggressive, so heavy-handed, but so enthusiastic about the sport as well. It's like a breath of fresh air. And also, don't forget, the light heavyweights are going at it. I mean, this is a rearranged fight next week, isn't it, of course, uh, between Bullioni and uh, Johnson. Johnson, I'm a massive, massive fan of. And if you'd have asked me the question, who's winning this fight a year ago, I'd have said Johnson all day long. However, he's been ill, he's been injured, he's been inactive. We don't know where he's at. So therefore, Frank Bullioni, the, more, the, the fighter that you would, you would say would have less ring rust going into this, I think this evens it right up. We could have a proper bomb but burning the, next week. The, the thing is about Frank, um, he's been written off many times. Um, he's been in world title fights and not won them. He's struggled at times. He's one of those guys who refuses to give up on his career. And he, I think he's going to be severely tested by Callum. Um, I think it's going to be a really tough fight for him. I think Johnson's a slightly better boxer. They both yeah. like to come forward. It's going to be, it's going to be a humdinger. This. What a division yeah. it is, though, it, in Britain, mate. What a division the light heavyweight division is. In it's boxing. incredible. You know, there's there's half a dozen guys that you feel could run away with it. But Anthony Yard is, beats them all for me at well, the moment. We, uh, uh, you it, know. It, it, Potentially, Gareth, I, I kind of agree with you. He's, but an, he's completely he look, untested. Yeah, domestic he level. looks an yeah, animal. He's untested yeah, yeah. by a very skilled, slippery southpaw or a boxer, basically. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. think if he gets him in Callum Johnson tomorrow, he loses that fight. I think yeah. he's far, much too Jose Burton, I think he loses. But potentially, yeah, yeah. steered the right way. And, you know, I think Frank Warren's guidance his career the right way. He's getting mm. the right opponent at the right time. There's a guy with no amateur experience. It's going to take time for him. But when he is ready, I think it's probably 18 months away. Yeah. He could wipe the floor with a lot of them. But does, in 18 months, does Joshua Boatsy wipe the floor with all Absolutely. of them? Absolutely, he does. <laughs> Absolutely, he does, mate. Yeah, yeah, We're all big fans you know, of Joshua Boatsy on the great division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also, just to mention on that card next week, uh, just to add a little bit of flavour, just in case we needed any more flavour, uh, Derek Chisora is having a little bit of a tumble. So he's, he's on there as well. So De- Derek will be in there, obviously. He'll do his business, and I've no doubt he'll be in the corner of Lucas Brown. Would you, would you anticipate, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, d- no question about that. <laughs> um, uh, Jamie Cox is on there as well, and I think Anthony Fowler is also on that card as well. So it's action-packed. It is absolutely stacked for us next week, so make sure you come and join us. We've got an early start next week, you. You better be turning up on time, Gareth. Hey, I was, uh, I was before you eight, today. While you were checking o'clock. in, I was already... I was even queued yeah. in the media yeah, room. Yeah, I normally yeah. push to the front Listen, or throw snowballs you only turned up early because you knew that Paige Van Zandt were here. That's the only reason you <laughs> turned up I've had a great time with her and her mum tonight, and it's yeah. been brilliant. <laughs> and I intend to go to the after-party with a pair of them. I don't care whether her husband's a bloody wrestler. <laughs> Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure being here for UFC London, uh, live from uh, the O2 Arena. Like I said, we are back next week uh, for the big one between uh, Lucas Brown and Dillian White. Obviously, Frank Bullioni and Callum Johnson. We've got Ritson and Cardinal. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Join us from 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock is when we get underway uh, next week, live here from the O2 Arena. Right here on TalkSport, your home for boxing. Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.